You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be rounding up the latest Arsenal transfer news. Is it news? More like stories, more like reports. We're going to be condensing them down. We're going to be discussing a few of them, getting your thoughts, of course, in the live comments, in the live chat. Big hello to everybody who is currently tuned in to the live show. Uh, I was a couple of minutes late. And I can see that there are lots of great reasons in the chat from you guys as to why I might uh, might be a little bit late. I've got to share these. These are fantastic. Inter says Harry's having a scrap with the neighbor's dog. He'll be here soon. <laughs> Love that. Uh, John Daly says Harry's just starting the barbecue up. Hi, guys. Oh, do you know what? I actually fancy a barbecue today, but I'm I kind of the idea of standing over that heat in this heat is uh, is putting me off a little bit. I've got to be honest. Uh, what else have we got here in terms of uh, news? All kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Ashton Allman says, Harry had one look outside and started cooking burgers and hot dogs. I'll tell you what, Ashton, you will never catch me cooking hot dogs and burgers on charcoal. I feel like it's a waste of charcoal. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people like it. Not for me, though. Not for me. Um, in a much better mood today because my builders did eventually turn up yesterday, although they turned up at 6 p.m. And they worked all the way through till 10 p.m. because the, the, there was still light and they finished the job. So I'm happy. It wasn't quite the time I expected them, but they came, they'd done the job and they left. So we're all good. Right. Let's um, let's get away from kind of my personal life and let's uh, let's start talking about some of the big transfer stories doing the rounds with regards to the Arsenal today and we're going to kick off uh, with Aaron Ramsdale a goalkeeper that Arsenal have been credited with an interest in for some time now the Sheffield United goalkeeper obviously relegated with the Blades uh, last season uh, and could well be on the move Sheffield United see Aaron Ramsdale was somebody that they could re- uh, they could make significant funds from and are not completely against the idea of moving him on this summer, but their valuation has to be met. Now, what is Sheffield United's valuation of Aaron Ramsdale? Well, we've heard mixed reports from some outlets. We've heard 20 million pounds from some we've heard 30 and some are claiming that Sheffield United are even looking to push for 40 million pounds. 40 million pounds for Aaron Ramsdale just sounds like absolutely crazy money, uh, in my opinion. And it's not an amount I'd be happy to see Arsenal invest in the player. Why? Because I'm not quite sure that he is top, top level. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad goalkeeper and I'm trying really hard not to kind of not to get sucked in by what happened last season. Obviously, Sheffield United were very, very poor. Sheffield United were relegated. Aaron Ramsdale was their goalkeeper. I actually raised eyebrows when uh, Aaron Ramsdale joined Sheffield United from Bournemouth because if I remember correctly, and I'm just double-checking to confirm this, uh, okay, he's 23 years old and he's got plenty of time ahead of him. But from what I remember, uh, Sheffield United paid a significant amount of money, £11.25 million, to sign him for from Bournemouth. And at the time, I thought that was big money. Obviously, when 
Arsenal come along or a club of Arsenal stature, you automatically see the selling club raise their price. They'll feel like they could get the most out. Everybody knows that Arsenal need a goalkeeper. Um, you know, we we desperately need one because beyond Burn Leno, currently we are in a really bad place with goalkeepers. I wouldn't trust Runar Runarsson uh, in between the sticks for any sustained period of time, not even for a game. I wouldn't necessarily say that Arthur Okonkwo, and, and I'm not basing this on the mistake he made the other day. I've talked already about how much I think was made of that and, and too much was made of that. But in general, I don't think that Arthur Okonkwo is somebody who's ready to step up to the plate either. And so goalkeepers are a real position that Arsenal uh, are in need of sort of strengthening in. And it's an area that Arsenal really need to do better in. So, you know, people know that. People can see that from a mile off and therefore people are going to ask, aren't they, uh, for inflated fees when it comes to Arsenal. But the latest report that we've got, and that report came from Damesh Seth over at Sky Sports here in the UK. He said that contact had been made uh, with Aaron Ramsdale's camp via intermediaries. He says that Sheffield United are well aware of Arsenal's interest in the player. So it at least seems as though Arsenal's interest in the player is genuine. Whether Arsenal and Sheffield United are going to get anywhere near one another in terms of the player's price, in terms of the player's valuation, remains to be seen. But I've got to be honest, if I were in charge of the purse strings at the Emirates Stadium and Mikel Arteta walked into my office and said, Harry, uh, I want to get Aaron Ramsdale and I want you to release me 30, 40 million pounds. I would question that. I really would. I don't think he's worth that money. I understand the desire for Arsenal to focus a little bit more on homegrown players, which it seems they are trying to do uh, in some of the players that we've been linked with. I understand the age profile of Aaron Ramsdale, again, fits into what I've been talking about all along that 22, 23-year-old bracket where they're a little bit wet behind the ears, but also, you know, in a place where they have enough experience to now push on and go to that next level. I, I'm just not sure that I want to see Arsenal spend that kind of money on Aaron Ramsdale. And I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments section as well, because I feel like when I say this, I'm not of the majority. Uh, I've spoken about it with friends and I've had pushback from people saying, well, if you want a top young English goalkeeper, what do you expect to pay? And I'm not sure that Aaron Ramsdale is a top young English goalkeeper. I don't think he he covered himself in glory last season. I don't think he was that good the season before. Obviously went to the uh, to the European Championships off the back of an injury to Henderson. And I think, you know, that obviously maybe increased his value, the fact he was part of the squad. But for me, I just don't see it. I, I don't. And, I, you know, if we do go on and sign him, if Arsenal do go on to break the bank and bring him to the club, then by all means, as I, as I say with everybody, I'll get behind him, I'll support him. But I just... I just don't see it. And I'd, I'd be worried if Arsenal were lining up a sort of £30 million plus bid for Aaron Ramsdale. I think there's better ways of spending that money. And I think there are more. Uh, well, I think there are other goalkeepers out there who would be available for significantly less and could do a good job. You've got to remember as well, right? Would Aaron Ramsdale be happy with coming to the Emirates? Um, and competing for a spot with Bern Leno, because that's what's going to happen. I don't think that Aaron Ramsdale's a better goalkeeper than Bern Leno. So you're not looking at this as a signing and saying, well, we're going to pay big bucks for this guy. He's going to come in and he's going to be our number one right away for the next five, six, seven, eight years. That's not going to be the case with Aaron Ramsdale, because in my opinion, Bern Leno is better than him. Now, 
if Aaron Ramsdale comes in, does that open the door for Bern Leno to leave? Maybe. But then we're back to square one where we still only have one goalkeeper of a relatively good standard and we are completely devoid of options anywhere else. So I'm worried about sort of the goalkeeping situation. It's the one area I look at in this team right now. And I'm thinking, are Arsenal going to do what's necessary here? And and if they do spend money in the area, are they going to spend that money wisely? And I'm a little bit worried about it. I've got to say, not a big fan of Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, but if he comes, obviously he'll have my support. But that doesn't change my feelings right now in that that would be an irresponsible way to blow 30 to 40 million pounds, if that is indeed true, that Sheffield United are looking for that kind of money. So that's my uh, opinion on that. And that takes me on to another story linking Arsenal with another goalkeeper, Barcelona's Neto. We've talked about him before. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before we we spoke about him in, in a bit of depth uh, in terms of what he would bring to the team. And it seems that according to Mundo Deportivo, Arsenal's interest in the goalkeeper has not called whatsoever. Arsenal are, according to Mundo Deportivo, and I quote, determined to sign him and they want to bring him in to compete with Bern Leno. Now, Neto is a goalkeeper who is incredibly experienced, has played at the top level for Barcelona, obviously uh, hasn't had as much game time as he'd like being the number two at the club, but has plenty of pedigree, somebody that Barcelona paid uh, 26 million euros for uh, back when they signed him. I think it was in 2019 off the top of my head. Uh, so, yeah, big money goalkeeper then. Uh, probably not going to go for anywhere near that now. Uh, you know, we talk about the players age 31 years old. Uh, he's not got, you know, uh, sort of, he's not very young, but also, you know, as a goalkeeper, that is a little bit different, isn't it? A goalkeeper probably peaks at around 31, 32. My apologies. He's turned 32 yesterday on July 19th. So he is 32 now. Still has until June 30th, 2023 to run on his current Barcelona contract. But of course, as we've discussed in a number of episodes recently, Barcelona in a place where they need to uh, reduce the wage bill. They need to get players off the books in order for them to move forward and improve their side. So with uh, Neto, uh, that's, uh, that's an option. That's an option. And I think I'd probably prefer that option to going and spending a whole load of money on Aaron Ramsdale to come in and play second fiddle to Bern Leno. I think that what appeals to Mikel Arteta about somebody like Neto and what Mundo Deportivo say appeals to Mikel Arteta is the goalkeeper's ability to play with the ball at his feet. Said to be very comfortable in that department, very good at building up play, uh, coming out to the edge of his box, etc., etc. And, and starting moves off. He's also got a good range of passing by goalkeeping standards, of course. And uh, for those reasons, it appears that he is somebody that uh, Barcelona, first of all, are willing to move on and that Arsenal are genuinely interested in. Right. Uh, let's give you guys a quick reminder that this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, if you need to sort out that bush ahead of the uh, ahead of the, the rest of the summer, you know, you never know. You might go on a date. It might go better than you initially planned and you don't want to get caught off guard. So why not check out manscaped.com for all your male grooming needs? Enter our discount code, which is 19min20, and you shall receive 20% off of your order as well as free worldwide shipping. So you can stand to save yourself a fair bit of money while addressing an issue that most of us uh, probably need to tackle on a regular basis. So do head over. Sorry if I've made you cringe there, but do head over to manscaped.com and check them out. 
Right. Uh, let's go over to uh, the live chat. I want you guys to get some of your questions in while I bring you up to date on a couple of other bits and pieces. Get your questions in, put a queue in at the beginning, as always, and I'll pick those out. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. I'm not sure uh, where we are in terms of likes. We've got 43, but there's over 150 of you watching. Uh, surely we can get that up to at least 75, 80 uh, for now. So, uh, yeah, get your questions in. And I just want to bring you up to date with uh, some comments that William Saliba made off the back of his move to Marseille. Now, there's been a lot of discussion about this, and it feels as though the Arsenal fan base on this particular subject is incredibly divided. There are those who uh, really like William Saliba, believe that he should have been given a chance this season and actually believe that he's in a place where he could improve the team. Some of you have, have argued that he's at a better level than Rob Holding, than Callum Chambers, two players who have been kept uh, at the, in the club, sorry, in and around the squad and who are expected to be used quite frequently this season. Others, however, are quite content with the fact that maybe he's not quite ready at this moment in time and maybe he needs some further development. Now, what's interesting is when we were talking about William Saliba ahead of his move uh, to, uh, to Marseille, we talked about a report that was coming out from France where Georges Sampaoli, the current Marseille boss, new manager, of course, had... I guess, indicated that in his eyes, William Saliba might not necessarily be the answer. He, he kind of hinted that he wasn't experienced enough, that he wasn't uh, as kind of progressed enough as a centre-back at this point for him to rely on him week in, week out. And actually what William Saliba has been saying off the back of his move to Marseille backs that up. Now, William Saliba uh, said this, uh, he wanted me on his team. Speaking of Sam Pauli, he explained to me that although I was a good player so far, I had a lot of things on which to improve. And look, on the one hand, you know, you're talking about a young centre-back. What young player doesn't have things they can improve on? But it backs up the point that William Saliba is not just in the eyes of Mikel Arteta and Arsenal, but in the eyes of a lot of people, still quite raw, still not quite as polished and as prim as some people would suggest. And that, I think, should... I'm not saying you have to completely change your opinion off the back of this one comment, but what I'm saying is it should kind of give you an indication as to why Arsenal and Mikel Arteta were quite keen to move William Saliba out on loan and weren't 100% convinced that he could be the man to, to come into the squad. And look, if you think that right now he is better than one of Gabriel, Ben White, who's going to come in next week, um, Pablo Marie or Rob Holding, that's 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 an argument you know you could make. It's an argument I would question, but it's one you could make. But the reality is that Arsenal have gone and invested a lot of money in this player, and a lot is made of that. A lot of fans get sort of their bee in the bonnet and they say, we paid £27 million for this player. Why is he not playing for us? Why is he out on loan at Marseille? Well, the thing you've got to consider here is if he's not at least in the first three centre-backs in Mikel Arteta's pecking order, then he's not going to play much football. You know, barring injuries, which nobody wants to happen, he's not going to play a great deal of football. There is no Europa League for Arsenal this season. There is no Europa Conference League. And therefore, William Saliba's game time is going to be, if he stayed at the club, or would have been, very, very limited. So from an Arsenal perspective, I think actually loaning him out is a way of ensuring that your asset does continue his development. And hopefully he'll get to the point one day where he is 
ready to compete for a spot with some of those guys. Now, I've heard people saying, yeah, but he's going to Marseille. The French league is a completely different level. If I told you all that we were competing for the same players as Marseille, loads of you would go, well, we're Arsenal. Why are we competing with Marseille? They're in a farmer's league. We can't compete, compare ourselves with them. We're at a much higher level, et cetera, et cetera. So if Marseille have question marks and doubts and concerns about William Saliba and some elements of his game, then why is it so ludicrous and crazy to think that Mikel Arteta has uh, those genuine concerns as well? It isn't necessarily 100% personal. I do think that there is an element of the player's personality and Mikel Arteta's personality may be clashing, but I don't think it's purely based on that. I think if Mikel Arteta thought he was ready, he'd be playing. And the fact that uh, George Sampaoli is unsure uh, and has indicated to the player that there are areas in which he really needs to improve, kind of backs up the point that maybe he is not um, he is not as far down his development line as some Arsenal fans would like to think. Don't be fooled by the fee. And the other thing that people always, always get fooled by uh, is, oh, well, Wesley Fofana came to the Premier League and plays for Leicester and did a good job. They're not the same player. They don't play in the same team. They don't play in the same system. Um, you know, just because William Saliba had a lot of hype around him at the time Arsenal signed him doesn't mean that he was a better player at that point than Fofana. Uh, because from my perspective anyway, and I don't know about you, I don't watch French football. I couldn't tell you. So I, I can't use the Fofana thing as like a reason to have a go at Arsenal for the way they've dealt with William Saliba. As I've said time and time again, the only thing that frustrated me was the fact that he wasn't able to go out on loan at the start of last season. Other than that, I think they've dealt with it okay and I haven't really got an issue. Let's go over to some of uh, your questions. Uh, Sonny De Niro says, it said we want seven transfers and we've got two to three in so far and at least 10 going out. What chance do you think we have of achieving this? And do you think this will satisfy some of our fickle fans? I don't think we'll get seven players in. I've got to be honest. I think we'll get four or five in. And I think that's about right in a window. You, you can't give a, you can't revamp an entire team in a, in a single window. We've seen clubs try and do that in the past, particularly clubs with uh, money to spend. And often, you know, that kind of chemistry is lacking when you start the new season as a result of that. I think Everton are a good example of that, a club who in recent years have gone quite big in certain summers and it's never really materialised into kind of raising their level overall. I think if we get four or five in, I'd be quite pleased with that. Um, in terms of players going out, it's one of those things where you're a slave to there being interest, aren't you? If the, their interest isn't there, then it becomes really different, difficult. And that's why I've said at times, Arsenal should probably just be looking to cut their losses on a number of these players. Do you think this will satisfy some of our fickle fans? I think that there are a section of our fan base who you can never satisfy. If you sign Mbappe, they'll tell you you should have signed Haaland. If you sign Messi, they'll tell you you should have signed Ronaldo. There, We've got a lot of those people within our fan base. And ultimately, right, I don't think you can really look at the window and judge the window and decide whether it's satisfactory or not until you've seen those players and the impact that they have on the team moving forward. Watch Arsenal next season and we'll judge Arsenal for footballing reasons. If those players come in and they enhance us as a football team and they see us take it up to the next level, then it would have been a good window. If they come in and they don't, then it would have been a bad window. You know, you, you can't judge the window at this point, in my opinion. But you're right to mention the fickle fans because there is a lot of that. It's really frustrating. It's really disappointing to see 
uh, because it seems to be like wildfire, the way it spreads the negativity and the way people can convey that and then influence others into kind of going down that road. I think as a supporter, you should always try and be positive until proven otherwise. That's the way I look at it. I just think if I sat there and was miserable about Arsenal all the time, then it would take the complete and utter fun out of supporting them. And and what would I then be getting out of the game of football if not something to uh, break away from the stresses of normal life with and something to enjoy and look forward to? Uh, Christian Hoover says, would you take Madison and no right-back signing or a war and a right-back signing? Oh, interesting. I've said before, Christian, that for me, the right-back position is one that does need addressing. But as I, I keep saying, I don't think it's right at the very top of the list. I think with, uh, you know, with with Chambers, with Cedric and potentially Ainsley Maitland-Niles still being at a club, is a position we can fill. It's not ideal. I think we could do better there. But I would rather that we bought fewer players in and players that were really going to make an impact and help this team move forward, as opposed to just trying to patch up holes. I think we've been guilty of doing that in years gone by, and it's never really worked. I'm not massive on James Madison. Um, I've said it before. I like him, but I'm not sure that I like him enough to justify the 60, 70 million pound price tag Leicester City are said to have put on his head. And therefore, I'd probably lean towards uh, the Awar and a right back signing, if I'm honest. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Said Abdullah says, would you take David Raya? Do you think it would be realistic? Uh, David Raya, of course, is a goalkeeper that's been uh, linked with Arsenal for a while now. There are connections due to our goalkeeping coach uh, who has worked with him in the past. I've watched David Raya at times and gone, wow, what a keeper. I've seen him make fantastic saves, but I've also seen him drop some clangers as well. And he's just that type of continental goalkeeper that I I've said before, I'm not really big on. Uh, just because stylistically, it's not what I personally want to see from a goalkeeper. I like the Emmy Martinez type goalkeeper more, the type goalkeeper who maybe isn't as great with the ball at his feet, isn't going to try extravagant and ambitious passes from the back, but he's big, is commanding, is strong, is physical, is vocal. That's the type of goalkeeper I like. So I personally wouldn't move for David Raya because I'd imagine now that Brentford are in the Premier League, it's going to be a lot more difficult to prize him away. Brentford are in a position now where they're going to get a huge financial injection and that obviously makes them more resistant to the offers and the uh, interest of, of some clubs um, like ourselves, who may be sniffing around some of their more talented players. Uh, Lung Burkamp says, would Villa accept 60 million plus Smithrow for Grealish? They need a replacement. So, um, you know what? There's been some reports in the last few days that Jack Grealish might not even be leaving Aston Villa, which would be really interesting, wouldn't it? Um 60 million and Smith Rowe, I think, is steep, though, because I think Smith Rowe has got the ability to go on and be a really, really top player. And I like Jack Grealish. I really, really do. But 60 million plus Smith Rowe, who, in my opinion, right now is probably worth 30, 35 million, means you're essentially paying 90 plus million pounds for Jack Grealish. And I think that's a little bit too steep. Might not be too steep for the likes of Manchester City, maybe even Chelsea. But from an Arsenal perspective, I don't think that would be good and smart business. Let's see what else uh, we have got in the live chat box. Don't forget to hit that like button if you haven't done so already. Let's quickly check in where we are in terms of likes at the moment. Don't forget, uh, the podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. Check out the link in the description. Enter the promo code 19min20 and you shall receive 
20% off of your order plus free shipping. We've only got 67 likes on the board, but there's over 230 of you watching. Come on with oh, 69 now. We are 31 likes away from hitting that magic golden 100 mark. Oh, now we're on 70. So let's get there. 30 likes away. I'd really, really appreciate it. Also, if you're interested in becoming a member of the channel and supporting me to bring you more content, then you can do so by clicking on the link in the description. Check out our membership proposition and decide from there if it's something you'd be uh, interested in signing up to. Uh, Inter says, uh, I think Ainsley will be replacing Bellerin next season. Would you be happy with that? I think it's clear as day he's better as a fullback than a midfielder if he can swallow his pride. Yeah, I've always said that about Maitland-Niles, that he is, for me, better as a fullback slash wingback than he is as a midfielder. I think that is how Mikel Arteta sees him. I think that's how Arsenal see him. Obviously, he's made it quite clear that that is not how he sees himself. And now Maitland-Niles, as I discussed uh, maybe a week or so ago, is at a bit of a crossroads in terms of his career. Do you acknowledge that you're probably more uh, suited to the, the fullback role? It's a role that he was called up for England playing in, by the way, and get on with it and look to stay at a big club like Arsenal Football Club and develop and further your career. Look to nail down that spot, make it your own or... Do you continue with this dream of becoming this central midfield dynamo and as a result, be forced to move on to a smaller club in order to get what you want? If I was Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'd be incredibly grateful for the opportunity at Arsenal and I'd be looking to play at right back, especially during a time now where the right back position is one that Arsenal need to address. If I were Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'd be breaking my back every day on the training ground to show and prove to Mikel Arteta that I could be your solution and that you don't need, once Hector Bellerin moves on, to go and break the bank to bring in another fullback. I'm an internal solution. I'm a homegrown solution. I'm a solution who's been with you for a while, who understands you, who understands the club, and it's just an easy fix. But yeah, you know, Maitland-Niles has to decide that for himself. And uh, I'm not sure he's going to do that, unfortunately. Let me pick up uh, a couple more. Uh, comments. Uh, let's say hello to the modern Guna. Says big up Harry from China. Hit the like button and subscribe. Yes, please do so. Uh, some of you talking about Burn Leno and the um, the, uh, the the possibility of him leaving. Who would we like to replace him? Oh, such a tough question, isn't it? Because it's obviously budget permitting. But I think you know there are a few elite goalkeepers out there now that are probably out of our reach, you know, the likes of Edison, Allison, etc., playing at rival clubs. It's hard for me to answer on that one, but what I'm going to do over the next few days is we're going to be doing some different style content and we're going to be doing uh, players to, to come in at right back, for example, at centre midfield. And I'll be going through the options, players that we've been linked with, but also players that I'd like to see Arsenal move for. So I'm going to be doing a little bit of a scouting mission uh, over the next sort of 24, 48 hours. So stay tuned for that. I can see some of you uh, asking for Johnston, Sam Johnston of West Bromwich Albion, Onana, another goalkeeper that Arsenal heavily linked with earlier on in the window, but a deal has not materialised on that either. Um, so yeah, all interesting stuff, but just to kind of quickly round up the episode before we go, uh, contact apparently, according to Sky Sports, as Darmish said, has been made between Arsenal and Aaron Ramsdale via intermediaries. So no direct contact. That means that Arsenal have gone through the players' representatives or a third party representative uh, to make their 
sort of uh, interest known. We'll see if that develops into anything more. Arsenal, according to reports from Spain, Mundo Deportivo in particular, remain, and I quote, determined to sign uh, Barcelona goalkeeper Neto. Will that deal materialise again? Who knows? It said that Mikel Arteta is a big admirer of how the goalkeeper plays with the ball at his feet. And uh, we'll see if uh, that goes and develops into something more. And of course, uh, finally, uh, we just touched on the comments regarding uh, George Sampaoli's view on William Saliba and why perhaps Arsenal weren't batshit crazy, actually, uh, to let him go out on loan again. We're going to be back later on with another live show. Until then, uh, take care of yourselves and uh, stay safe. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine. I'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.